0: hi everybody we are matt and kevin and welcome to season two of the believe in overwatch league podcast on the believe podcast network the number one podcast network for professionals please like rate and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms you can also find us on social media at believe in owl and believe.com
1: this week we cover week 28 of the league new experimental modes and a new patch affecting the game
0: hello hello everybody welcome to week 28 of the believe in overwatch league podcast we are coming to almost the end of the overwatch league for this season so hooray for that also i've just been checking our stats on the uh the podcast we have 127 downloads so far this month and that's like half a month left um hooray for us hooray yay and we're almost coming up to our year mark September third wow. is when we first uploaded the first episode.
1: It's kind of crazy. It feels like so much has happened, right? In Overwatch in a year.
0: Um, like we started when Sigma was just released. that's insane. It feels like that feels like more than a year yeah it feel it feels a lot longer. I felt like we we probably covered
1: more hero releases other than echo, right? like uh, it feels like there's been more stuff going on besides just. Okay, we got Sigma, right? But honestly, like the only other hero that was added was Yeah. It was just
0: Echo. It was just Echo. And then Sigma was a surprise release. We were expecting Mauga.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Wow. Yeah, what's the temperature like in NorCal? Because down here it's just it's literal hellscape. Yeah, we're getting some really weird like temperature swings out here.
1: Um like literally two days ago, it was raining and we had thunderstorms you get rain we we're had rain fires. for we we had rain for like literally like three hours and that's it and thunderstorms at like four in the morning and then all of a sudden it clears up and then it's like 103 like it it made absolutely no sense but god i,
0: I yeah i think i think we're all dying now uh <laughs> so cal it's like we're, we got fires everywhere. There's a fire that was happening like relatively close to where I live, maybe like 15 minute drive away ish. And like, you could see that fire smokes plume cloud nonsense all the way to like Venice beach, which from Santa Clarita is like maybe, maybe a good hour ish drive away. Um, and like, I was reading a, a news article that said like around that area with all the smoke and the clouds, it's like creating its own weather systems, which is kind of creepy. Um, on top of that we've got weather that's going to like 117 ish or, or whatnot it's so it's we're literally becoming hell down here not fun not fun this whole thing of just like things happening
1: like at least weather wise it, it gives me a uh, it, it makes me I want to go outside right I want to get some <laughs> fresh air but then it's like do you really though and, like, it'd be nice to, like, <laughs> breathe real air every once in a while. But then, like,
0: you inhale the air, and it's just hot. I don't, I don't necessarily need that. For all you thinking about, whoever thought, like, California weather would be nice, like, oh, I'd like to go to California, experience the nice weather. Uh, no, the weather is, is, is wonky out here. Like, the only time that I think the weather is really nice is in spring or fall. In summer, you're just you're just gonna die and in winter like you don't get the nice snow or anything you just get uncomfortably warm in winter or just like it's ridiculously cold so you just keep that in mind if you ever visit california
1: yeah uh we it, it just feels weird because like i want to i want to go out not like to ex- like enjoy life right now at least i just want to go outside to get fresh air but when it's this hot, it's just, like, not enjoyable. What have you been doing to enjoy the time that you have inside, Kevin, in this past week? Um, So, I got another impromptu call um, by V-Flight to cast some Valorant. So, I did that this weekend. Nice. Um, the one thing that, like, I still feel like big companies need to learn is, like, if you want somebody to cover your group stages, please let us know more than 24 hours in advance. That'd be nice. That's you like know? just
0: standard business practice.
1: Yeah, you, you would think, but like these guys have had this tournament ready. I'm not gonna call them out or anything, but like there's there's this one company who essentially had this tournament like prepared for like months and months in advance, right? And we're just there, like, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll watch we'll watch a little bit of it so we know like you know how the big competitive scene is looking like, um, and then all of a sudden. At like 10 p.m. our time, they contact V and they're like, "Hey, you you wanna you wanna spectate the group stages?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, "Am I allowed to bring casters?" And then he he brought me and uh, my other co-caster Speed Lemon on that show, and we we casted the first rounds. They were like best of ones. There were three matches, but it was another one of those sessions where it's just. So last minute, like we literally only had like 12 hours to prep and that didn't include the time to sleep. So we got, we got the call at 10 PM. The cast started at 10 the next day, like 10 AM between that time. I had to get my teams down. I had to get the rosters, like just prep everything that I normally do. And then I slept for like five hours and then I, I got up and I was like groggy and I can, I know when I was watching it back again like i'm like half asleep during the first game. That's not <laughs> good. That's it's not, not good, good at all. Like don't tell us that we have a game 12 hours ahead because that's not enough time for me to like feel confident and also be awake for your stream. How did you manage to wake up after after that? Um i set like four alarms. Uh so so i got up i got up on time for the first one i was just like okay yeah things are happening. Um we had a 15-minute break between the first and the second game. I drank, like, a whole cup of coffee. Um, and then I ate, like, four oranges. And so, like, I literally had, like, a sugar rush going on for the rest of it. And I was fine from that point forward. What kind of oranges? I have, like, the the tangerines. like the, Okay, the- I love those. They're
0: so great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like the perfect you know, snack.
1: Yeah, they, they come in their own shell. And you you peel them. If you drop them on the floor, you just peel it and it's all good it comes with its own portable package it, it's it's amazing
0: fruit's yeah. amazing eat fruit fruit I, I prefer fruit over candy honestly yeah because like it's legit it's nature's, nature's candy.
1: yeah it's, it's good it depends on like honestly if you cook a lot the way also how you like
0: prepare fruit makes True. it good Also, like it depends on the fruit. Like, I I would never eat a papaya over candy. Don't don't misconstrue my words like that. If you if you're ever planning on having me over for dinner and you give everyone else candy, you give me a fucking papaya. Please don't. I'm gonna slap that papaya out of your (laughs) hands and eat all the candy. Okay, papaya is nasty. I hate papaya more than I hate durian. And I don't hate durian. Like durian, if you get it and you eat it, it's good. Like if you can get past the smell. Like the one I had didn't even smell. But like papaya, like ripe papaya, just straight up tastes like poo. In my opinion. (laughs) To to each their own i i understand that
1: but yeah i i would i'm not really exploring fruit that much i mean the last one that i did i actually did like um i was watching a youtube video um done by jaden animations where she talks about apples and uh-huh. i was like wait i want to try apples so i went out and i like bought different apples and i tried what she was talking about and i was like
0: yeah some of these are Kind of whack, like like there's clearly uh, superior apple brand, like varieties like species yeah there's clearly so, better ones like Honeycrisp is is just fantastic it's an it's an amazing apple it's like a fist of just
1: pure sweetness uh, yes but like I was like you know what she said like jazz apples are terrible and I'm like how bad can it be and so I got one and I ate it I didn't eat it I took a bite out of it and I just stared at it like wh- why do you exist like who <laughs> who uses like what do you use this apple for like it doesn't it's, sure. it's got like an identity crisis like it's okay so it's like half uh lady hamilton half granny like granny smith so it's like trying to be sweet but also sour and like when you bite into it it's like hey i'm both and then you're like no stop d- d- stop existing like it's it's weird I have no idea why you would use jazz apples or like what the purpose of it being here is like
0: what, what do we, uh, damn if I had a stream, like, if I was streaming, I would totally do like a taste test comparison on app of apples.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just like, I feel like you can make that like a weekly thing. Like just like yeah, one just day. It's just like taste different varieties
0: right. of, of different stuff.
1: Yeah. we're We're doing an Apple stream today. All right. Here's, here's this apple. See how All right. It next
0: time, next time I buy a new computer, one with an actual working camera, I'm gonna start streaming of different me eating different things. It'll be I'm gonna, an apple. apple to Force test. myself to be healthy by eating healthy food and just like comparing it.
1: Yeah, I, I remember like when I tried to. Well, I'm trying to get back on track. Uh, didn't work this morning. I I had to heat up some leftovers in order to, like, you know clear out the fridge but i did buy a whole bunch of like low carb stuff i'm trying to like get back in the rhythm of it um oh uh speaking of getting back in the rhythm of things uh the tournament that i was supposed to play in this weekend they supposed to they're supposed to right um they were telling my my um the president of the gaming club they were telling him like hey at like a month or so out they said hey yeah you could have alumni if you're short, students, right? Yeah. And so she's like, okay. So we planned around having me and Teon being alumni in the game. Um, and then literally like two days before the tournament, they put out this thing and they said like, all players must be active students. And I'm like, okay, you can't just like flip that on us. like. And, and, and this was UCLA who did, the, did that to y'all? I you mean, it's it, yeah just a little bit but like <sighs> at the same time i i understand it like i understand
0: yeah you want students playing but like um in not a not two days before yeah it's not enough time like, to like find someone and get them like in synergy yeah uh,
1: but it, it was all good like i ended up watching the stream uh i wasn't able to cast lucky lucky for the people who were contacted uh lemon kiwi door uh mad respects to them just because they are all um you know, they're all from the Overwatch contender scene, so they were able to get their taste of Valorant and the pacing of it. It is different. Um, but it's fun. Um, I got to see a lot of friends who I was able to cast during the um the West Coast War. So seeing like UC Irvine, UCLA, uh UC San Jose or San Jose State, like they all played really well. Um and I'm glad that I got to see them perform at the highest caliber that they can. So um congrats to them they they all performed really well and yeah but because i wasn't able to play on saturday i was able to cast so i guess that's like a silver lining
0: there you go finding those silver linings um before we go more off track because that we tend to go really really off track is evidenced by our little apple discussion which was fantastic um let's get into the news and save the other uh banter for the gameplay section Yeah. Um, so I guess we start, since we're talking about uh, the casters and stuff, let's start with this, uh, this bit of information. Um, so two of the people on the desk that... Well, we don't really talk about the desk a whole lot unless something wonky happens. And this weekend, some wonky stuff did happen. Like Mostly talking about Hex. Uh, if you watched his... Uh, I think it was Saturday when he was casting. He had to fill in for... I think it was for Wolf he had to fill in for, but he just, there was something off with him. He was acting really weird. Some people thought he was probably drunk. Other people are thinking it's just lack of sleep or whatever, but he just was not in the best of shape. Did you, did you watch, did you see how he was uh, casting Kevin? Or was this a match that he skipped? No, I think this was a match that I didn't catch. So pretty much, I think he was also, Earlier in the day, too, I only saw the uh, the match where it was again it was Seoul and London, but he was kind of babbling incoherently. Um, he like I don't I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to swear on the uh, the cast, but he he straight up called London Spitfire shit, Uh which I I I, I don't know how the Overwatch League is going to handle this because on one hand like what what he talked about on Twitter is that. It's probably a result of just him being like so sleep deprived, having to take sleeping pills, having to be up at, at weird hours, and just the grueling schedules on these weekends. Um, just a lot of that stress leading to him not being in the greatest of mental states. That just he just broke, and that's some that's happens to all of us. Like we ha- we're hitting we hit our mental breaking points. Like just with everything that I'm I'm putting on my plate now, and like all the weird things that are happening with rona and a bunch of changes that are coming like i'm close to that so i can i really do feel for hex
1: yeah i I was able to i'm I'm actually watching a little bit of it right now and i can tell you right now just by his like behavior um he is definitely sleep deprived it is this (laughs) like i'm like in his head at this moment like if you get called up Especially to do an APAC game. Like, you have to consider that this is going on at, like, 1 or 2 in the morning.
0: Yeah, and Hex For only us,
1: casts uh, he, NA he region. He casts the day stuff. Like, yeah. NA region. So, there's two things that are happening here. He's... First of all, his whole sleep schedule is not off. So, being able to, like... I, I don't know. If you call somebody up at a random time that they're not usually up. Um, Hence, myself as well. If you watch the, the other cast from earlier... But yeah, your, your mental state is not a hundred percent there. You're just trying to get through it. And it, it's really tough, honestly. Um, you have to get a, either a, a lot of caffeine in your system and ruin your sleep schedule again, or you like just tough it through and just try to make any sense at all without passing out. So it's just very, very tough. And this seems, once again, this is very last minute of him. If he has to, like, fill in this way. I don't think, you know, they told him, hey, you have to fill in today. It's more like, hey, who's still awake and who can who can cast this game right now? Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I really feel for Hex. Like, I understand, yeah, this is your job. This is what you have to do. But at the same time, it, it comes down to communication. If you know that, like, you can't make it, Make sure that you have somebody else who could like fill in your fill in your spot there.
0: Also, like this is a problem I have too, but don't overcommit. Like I feel that this might have been like he might have been the only one available, but honestly, this was kind of like an overcommittal for him. And like we you and me have really wonky sleep schedules, Kevin. Like we don't sleep like normal, functioning human beings. And like In college, yeah, I could have gone hours upon hours without sleeping and just do everything It's because it's it's what you have to do. You have to get used to it. But like once you're out of that environment, once you have like a set schedule, it's, it's really rough to get to the point where you can, you can sacrifice the sleep in order to do something else.
1: It's just a matter of saying no at a certain point. But at the same time, like I do understand these are the guys who are writing your checks and keeping you alive, Mm -hmm. uh, especially during this time. So yeah one for one like hex, I hope they give you a week off like let you let you recover after this um because that that was just honestly uncalled for um but at the same time, like yeah, sometimes you just gotta tough it out i I do feel for him, and this is like kind of the reason why um i I feel like especially for casters in the overwatch league they're kind of they're kind of tied up right now they can't really do much outside of you know, watch a league and cast a league. Even though they want, they might want to do like, you know, another tournament or something like that. But they have to, they have to zone in on this and make sure that this is their number one priority at
0: the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the the next of the casting news is that, uh, our our Overwatch Queen Zoe, uh, if you didn't notice last week, she was not on the cast uh she posted to her twitter exactly what happened it's on a twit longer it's called when it rains it pours uh the tldr of it is um last week she got some news that her dad had a, a medical emergency and i think he's stabilized now but she has to go over to back to switzerland to to take care of him um on top of having to do that she her her lawyers did not take care of her immigration paperwork so that she her visa is up to date so uh once her visa expires she's not going to be able to come back into the u.s without going through the process again she doesn't have uh the u.s citizenship standing she would have had if she were married because her and her fiance had to postpone their wedding because of covid so uh essentially Zoe has no idea what's going to happen with her ability to cast the league because where her father lives is like a remote village in the mountains in switzerland like he has internet but is it good enough to stream and cast is the question so um this weekend might have been her last for a while uh it's it's really sucks that she didn't get to finish out this season of the league and like she was she was more or less like the main person on the desk like she was doing all the interviews she's also pretty much one of three visible female figures in the league and Saying three visible figures is is kind of pushing it because Gaguri is almost never visible. So it just feels bad like hearing everything that's happening to her all at once. Yeah,
1: I really feel for Zoe here. And I hope, you know, her family's doing well. I hope her cats are doing well. Um, And yeah, it's just a really tough situation. And I, I understand, you know, the global pandemic is making everything much harder, but showing your support for the casters and the casting desk itself um will really just help out and just knowing that people are there when you need them is really important and showing your support for Zoe is just gonna help not only the league but also help her out as well um what I want to say personally is like just don't dive into her stuff just let her let her deal with it in a way um like I, I, just don't want people like just prying her of like oh, questions yeah. and X, yeah. Y, and Z, um, and yeah, she's one of the honestly one of the most prominent female figures in esports. Um, I, I know that I followed her all the way back from Dota Two. She used to cast, or she used to like do a little bit of um, the interviews for Dota Two, and I was like, oh man, so it's so always pretty cool. Um, and then she moved over to the overwatch league and i'm like oh okay so now she's in a fps i'm fine with that um but yeah her her whole influence on the esports world is really big and i hope honestly not i i hope that she finds time to you know take care of her family and then come back for season what are we on four three four we're on three we're on three right now we're going to the the league
0: is one season ahead of us on the podcast
1: yeah we're we're in you know uh john oliver's hashtag time soup um i don't know what anything is anymore but yeah three just moving on into season four if she has to miss the remainder of season three like that's okay i'm fine with that as long as she's doing okay and she's you know all right and fine. So, so you have a hundred percent of our support here at the believe in overwatch podcast. And I hope everybody else who's listening to it could also support her as well.
0: Right. And although, although we are really going to miss her, I think that the desk is in capable hands with reinforcing Custa. Um, we're definitely going to miss her perspective and her personality, but um, we'll, we'll be fine for the next, for the final two weeks of the league. Uh, just, I think she definitely made the right decision in in, in, deciding to step away from the league right now and focusing on her family.
1: The The question that I have now is with Zoe taking this time off now, would you be fine with reinforcing Costa taking the lead here? Or do you take another person and bump them back up to, you know, the analyst desk? Like th- this is just kind of a, like, soi and puckett like the years before like kind of had that you know we know what their position is or so they're, they're here to feed the questions to them get the answers you know pass it back and forth do the interviews um is there another person that's currently in the league that could do what Zoe and
0: puckett before were able to handle i don't know because no one's really been doing it except Zoe, and when Zoe's not there, reinforce. Um, I think maybe, maybe ZP has the energy for it. I really like ZP's energy, but I, I don't know. For this season, at least, I would I would just stick with reinforcing Custa, just because it's it's too late right now. It's literally we have two weeks left to to really do anything. But I think I think for next season, if if Zoe's not able to get back. I, I would be fine with ZP if we had to pull someone existing, but I think what would be better is find someone new, find another female presence to put on the desk, mm-hmm. not have it be a a boys club again. Because yeah, exactly. Literally, she was the one person that was female that they kept. And I know of like a lot of contenders
1: casters who can definitely fit into that role, um, and it's just a matter of. Whether the league wants to call them up or not. Yeah. Um, but honestly, yeah, I do agree. I feel like um, Custom and Reinforce are, you know, five head, big brained <laughs> Overwatch players and, you know, analysts. So they can probably handle themselves there. Um, I feel like personality wise, if you really do need to fill time, I, w- I would hate to do this, but if we had to bring Brandon Sideshow back on the desk, I wouldn't be mad. Um, it, it's just yeah. It's, it's more like we need something light, um, to kind of counterbalance Custa and reinforces like big brainness that They're you kind of need ponderous. somebody. Yeah, you need a you know, kind of like a humor on the desk and like you know if I could you know time travel back I would grab Golden Boy I would grab. He's Puck doing
0: it. uh he's doing the Titan Games now. Golden Boy's too big for us. Yeah, exactly. He's with the Rock. Like, he's with the Rock. Uh, <laughs>
1: can't can't bring the man back he's he's too far gone he's doing doing smackdown wwe now like i can't like that's just him now i'm saying like same thing like we can i would say pocket would also be a not uh, a solid job mm-hmm. uh we'll probably do something like that um there's a lot of people who are out there who would literally fight for this position and if you open it up i mean we don't have to play Zoe, but have somebody like at least in the back as like a as a backup essentially you need somebody to kind of fill in that host position um and yeah there's a there's a lot of talent so blizzard overwatch league go ahead and look at look at your contender scene there's a whole bunch of casters there a whole bunch of commentators there who would die to have this position um at your desk and i mean i i could throw my hat in the ring (laughs) I know Lemon Kiwi is definitely one that I would personally recommend. If you want that female presence who also has a great personality and deep analytics of Overwatch, like, she's great. Um, There's just a whole bunch of, like, there's a bunch of people. Just pick one up. Even if it's for only the last couple weeks, like, filling in that void just for a little bit would be okay.
0: Best of luck to Zoe and Hex. We love you guys, hopefully. Uh, things end up all right for you. Twenty twenty is already screwy enough. We don't need we don't need any of this happening. Um, sending out good vibes. All right. So another one that I want that kind of involves kind of involves the the casters in the desk is. Um, I was watching uh, something on Twitter, and there was a there's a guy on I think it was TikTok. He was on TikTok. He was showing a video of. Uh, some streamer playing Fall Guys and like doing really well at it. And he had the, he was complaining about tryhards in gaming um, and how people who are like, I think this was like, oh, the week that Fall Guys came out. And he's like, it's been a week since this game came out and this guy's already like super tryhard, super pro at the game. It makes things not fun for people who are casually going to play. And uh, Jake on Twitter posted that part of, the fun of a game is winning and for some people winning is their fun so don't uh the, the distillate the distillation of what he was saying was um winning is part of the fun don't be mad just because someone's better than you um what are your thoughts on on like tryhards in gaming and like i guess to that extent um smurfs and trolls
1: right. they, i think I, I think
0: they're part of the same conversation yeah would you say
1: it's a, it's a little bit. Um, they're both opposite sides of the same spectrum here. So tryhards, right, right. like the the best way how I could describe it is, every game, like believe it or not, regardless, has a try hard mode. Like re- regardless of the game, there's somebody out there who wants to become the best at said game. It could be, it could be anywhere from you know chess, like are you calling chess masters just tryhards, right? Like it's like oh it's ruining the the casual chess games because there's try hard grandmasters who are thinking 20 steps ahead of you um no it just you're playing on a different level it's all good but another thing is i feel like the best example to tie fall guys to is the smash bros scene uh-huh. um because like smash bros was built to be a party game it was made to be like oh we just have fun you know hit, hit people there's items there's goofy stuff right um when melee came around, like people started taking that as more of an eSport and more like playing it more as a competitive game, and
0: oh, it's a very it, competitive game.
1: it now it's a very competitive game, right? Now we have Smash Ultimate. We have a whole bunch of other things going on, and Nintendo has had this huge identity crisis between keeping the game casual enough for everybody to have fun at a party, but also making it competitive enough for people to keep playing and so like yeah i understand the tryhards and gaming is going to make some of your games harder like you're going to have hard games um but at the same time that's just another level that they want to take it to like you don't have to match your level you can you can just have fun with the game and half of the fun once again as you said of a game is winning like even if it's a party game like being able to win is fun um like sometimes you know sometimes you want to lose especially if it's a drinking game and you want to get hammered uh sometimes losing's okay like there's specific things that like determine the level of competitiveness so if you're trying hard it means that you really really want to win the game and that's not going to ruin the fun for everyone else it just means that you're pushing it to a different level you're pushing it to a higher competitive level um in terms of smurfs and griefers this is something else um smurfing is i feel like it's a double edged sword in a way um on one hand smurfing makes it very unfun for people who are in that elo right um having to play against somebody who is significantly better um mm-hmm. i've had i've had games where i know who the smurf is and i've i've had games where my friends were like oh well I'm, i'll just smurf i'll play with i'll play with you guys and, like, it makes the game, like, believe it or not, it makes the game harder for even your friends. So, um, the once again, another good example, if you want to go to Overwatch for this, is, like, let's say if you have a friend who is, you know, not quite top 500, but, like, Grandmaster Masters, and they play in, like, Plat, Diamond, right? Just for fun. Uh-huh. Um, you can tell their skill level is different the second that you load into the game, um, especially if they're on DPS. They're like clicking heads from like long distance. They're doing jump jump shots. They're they're landing things from halfway across the map. And at first you're like, okay, wait, this is this is just hard. But at the same time, when you if you have a team, if you are playing with a team, if you're not, I'm sorry, but <laughs> if you're playing with a full squad, at that moment you're like, okay. We know who to focus. We know who to go after. There's always a way of winning your way through it. And right, right. that that's the thing. Like, I hated being on teams. I remember there was one team at a college tournament that I played at um, where the teams were kind of random. And we were playing against, like, one of the best players in the school. Um, and we had, like, their support player, um, me, and, like, three other people. And, like, one of the guys on our team was like, man, like, I'm, I'm not doing well. I, I don't think I can, like i can't beat this guy and i'm like don't say that focus call we get this we win these um we went from a three minute or it was they pushed okay it was um gibraltar they pushed gibraltar four minutes and 30 seconds like finish the map right and like when you finish a map that quickly you're you know your whole emotions get shot and you're like okay well we can't really do much yeah um when we went back on defense, or when we went, on the, um, we went on the offense this time, we played, like, on defense, we were playing death ball. On offense, I told them, we're going dive. We're going to focus this one person and win. Um, we pushed that in three minutes, and we ended up winning the game. Dang. It's a matter of mental and, like, it's mental focus and being able to tell your team, like, hey, we're not out we're we may be down but we're not out um and that's one of the things that i bring not only as a as a player when i play but also as a coach now i tell them like okay yeah you may be outclassed here but there's so many ways how you can tackle this this threat differently that it may throw them off as well like if you play something completely random like recently um because i'm getting back into the game a little bit and the team needs some random practice I've been messing with people with wrecking ball, not an un, not a very unorthodox pick, right? Um, but they're like, "Oh, well, you know, we'll we'll just run dive." And I'm like, "Okay, you pick monkey, I'm going ball. We're gonna just get their backline, make them not happy." <laughs> and they're like, "Okay," and so yeah, the other team doesn't know how to deal with a wrecking ball. If they go somber, they have to focus me, which means that the rest of my team is going off and doing stuff. That's fine. So I. Essentially, you make space for your team, and it's different. It's all about yeah making your opponents more uncomfortable than what they want to have. So, um, yeah, that, that's how it is for, you know, Smurfs and Griefs. Like, for Smurfs, for the most part, it's more like games are harder, um, but it could help players who want to be in that level just to, like, understand why is this harder for me, why why am i having a hard time um Mm -hmm. but at the same time it could be like mentally breaking considering that you're going to be losing matches or playing against people who are significantly better than you um but you have to understand like there's a reason why you're losing these there's it's not like you're bad or anything it's more like you just haven't learned yet um it's just a matter of figuring out how they how, how they play and how you can match their gameplay um If you want to get up to that level it's always it's always good to face off against people who are stronger than you because the only thing that you can do in those games is learn Um, yeah yeah for sure and that's the best way um griefers have no uh no spot in gaming uh i cannot cannot push this any further if you intentionally throw or grief a game why are you even playing like what is the point of playing a game if you're just going to intentionally make it harder for your team to win um like i i mean the oldest example in the book is the may ice waller who will, oh my god on on two cps they'll they'll like wall the the wall the first gate and like not break it until the end and then they'll wait until you know they get ice wall again and then they'll wall you off again um if you're that much of like a griefer uh, you can get three full holds um, on Volskaya before the doors even open. Mm-hmm. Like they're, like on your own team. It is annoying. Um,
0: also like the Symmetra
1: teleport off the cliff. Yes. Like those make no sense whatsoever. Um, so yeah, just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't deserve to have fun in the game. <laughs> you're not making the game fun <laughs> like that's that's how i feel about that at least um yeah. just if if you're going to throw a game just don't don't do it in a multiplayer game like you can do it in like GTA like you can grief in GTA like that's fine just don't ruin the experience for other people like for, for sure it, yeah that that's the main point of it um it comes down to, once again the whole thing ties back to jake's status on um a guy's tiktok on uh on fall guys fall guys is gonna be uh i I feel like it is it's a party game right it is a game where it's multiplayer you know you're pretty much here to have fun but at the same time like there are going to be people who are going to be taking it to the next level um right now twitch is having a twitch rivals like Call out right now uh I'm trying to uh trying to get into it by the way um they're looking for casters for a twitch rivals game and like i have to i have to submit i have to play a a lot more fall guys in order to get my casting stuff together but they're looking for you know casters to cast a batch between twitch personalities and you know they're gonna be competing there's gonna be money on the line like I can definitely see fall guys having price pools and stuff, but it's just a matter of getting used to everything. Brief segue.
0: You know how I told you that every couple months someone will message me about that that speed dating video that PewDiePie commented on? Yeah. It happened again just now. Like, <laughs> Someone's like, like, hey, I don't know if I'm tripping, but were you in the 20 V one speed dating video? it it literally happened just now on facebook so uh, when i tell you that this video will not let me rest it will not let me rest and i'm i'm not mad it's just i think it's just funny how 2 years after this video came out people are still discovering it now and are are messaging me about it okay so segue into something happy because uh that was like, the griefers are are upsetting me because i have i've encountered way too many of them um Kevin you're a fan of Rick and Morty yes yes you remember real fake doors yeah real 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 fake
1: doors the uh, <laughs> part of a uh, interdimensional cable
0: yeah um so th- this happened uh in Overwatch we got a real fake doors moment i i posted this to our our twitter i don't know if you've seen the video but there's a there's a weird glitch that happened someone was playing diva and then like the character model for D.Va was like infused with like a double door. So you you watch the video of the highlight. It was the the highlight intro where D.Va runs and jumps into the mech. So she she jumps into this mech, but it's like doors. And then you see on the the play of the game, out of it's I think it's from it's from the Ashes perspective. And they're on Hollywood, the ashes on like the high ground, and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, you see this giant double door just wobbling around the map and just killing everybody it's i i love it i honestly i i wish i hope that this becomes like the next um april fools day prank that they do just everyone's a door everybody's it, yeah. a door i feel like that'd be
1: really funny i like the i feel like the glitch is it, it's super funny honestly like the one thing that this could do if this happens a little bit more just imagine if diva players start like blending into the doors (laughs) and like Hollywood and they start like blocking off like random entrances and they're just like wait why can't I wait there wasn't a door here last time I don't I don't think this door is legit and then just all of a sudden like self-destructs on you
0: you're like okay that's not fun like if you haven't seen the video please please go watch it it's it's weird bugs and stuff like this that just it it just makes overwatch just that much better
1: yeah it Uh. it is a it's a great (laughs) clip let's just hope that uh let's hope that they patch that out as quickly as they can but i wouldn't i wouldn't mind honestly like if you had double doors going around
0: like that okay now into more sad things um the the you know that patch that we were talking about in the experimental last week that is now live they've nerfed the shields and everything else and that, that's up. So if uh, let's see. What is the full list of everything they did? Um, while I'm looking for that, people are, are mostly not happy about it. Um, a lot of main tanks are kind of upset because Arisa used to be a, a big standby. They didn't touch uh, Reinhardt, thankfully. For the patch notes, Briggs, like we said last week, Briggs' base health is lowered from 200 to 150. Her healing increase is 130 to 90. Um, health. Self-healing nodding is no longer reduced by half. Arisa's armor is reduced from 250 to 200. Her halt radius is reduced from 7 to 4. And I was playing last week with the team, and our other tank, Diz, was playing on the Arisa, and he was just raging the entire time about how the halt is just so ineffective right now. Like, it's so weird to have, essentially, your range nerfed by half, and you have to try to get used to it, like, in-game.
1: Yeah. I I do have to agree with the changes but we'll, we'll go through all the patch yeah. notes and then I'll 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 hop in. Farah's movement
0: increase speed movement speed was increased to by 20%, the regeneration rate was reduced from 50 to 35 per second and the barrage was reduced from 3 to 2.5 seconds in duration. Um I play Farah very differently than this style would like to encourage. This is like playing more of a speedy burst I feel like so I'm not the most happy with it, but one of the players on our team, uh, Scary Trek, said that he liked it a lot more because it just it gives you so much more mobility and, and maneuverability. Um, so if I ever go back to DPSing, I'm going to have to get used to that. Roadhog's uh, scrap gun ammo was reduced from 6 to 5. The damage per projectile was increased from 6 to 7, and the recovery increased from 0.7 to 0.85. Uh, They're... Their intention was to make the the hook shot kill combo just more consistent and make him feel more of a heavyweight. I don't think Roadhog's playability has really uh, changed. Well, maybe it's changed because the tank, the shield tanks, are not as effective. But there's memes going around about how Roadhog is is more stable now. I guess. Um Sigma's experimental barrier was reduced from 900 to 700 and the regenerate was reduced from 120 to 80. His kinetic grasp cooldown was increased from 10 to 12 seconds and now is a de facto Sigma 1 trick essentially. Um, I I don't like these because he feels just so much more vulnerable but the damage is still there so that I can still kind of wipe a team with some help um, it just, I, it's so hard to keep the shield up for any period of time at all because it just gets bursted down so fast. Um, Sim's teleport cooldown was reduced from 12 to 10 seconds and for Zen, his secondary fire charge rate increased from, by 15%, so from 0.6 down to 0.52 seconds per orb and the rate of fire increased from 8.5 to 9 shots per second. So that's all of the uh, the actual live stuff now. It's pretty much they took experimental from last week and said we like this you gotta deal with it now
1: I had a scrim actually I helped out the team on Thursday with this patch in um, it is very difficult to play double shield or any form of Arissa plus anything anymore um, yeah. the halt radius is honestly one of the most like hurtful things to happen to Arisa. Um just because Yeah, Arisa enables so many compositions. And with that decrease from seven to four, it's not like seven to six or like seven to five. It's literally like a little bit less than half. Like, it is hard to to halt anything at this point. Um, But the pull itself is too short to pull over Ryan's barrier. Okay, it's too short. To pull over Arissa's barrier. So the only way how you get this to work is if you throw it at the very, very tip top. And it gives you like literally half a second or not even like to, to land that one tiny shot of damage. Um, and it's not helpful. Like Arissa, you might as well not even play Arissa at this point. Like for me, I'm, I, I, I went back to Reinhardt and full dive at this point just because of yeah. the way how a double shield went. It's not there anymore. Um, the the way how we've been playing it, at least when I'm with teams and the way how they want to strike this up, it's either full dive where we go like Winston Diva or uh, Ball Diva um, or, you know, Zarya at this point just because it's more... Consistent with the amount of healing, or not healing, but like the amount of protection and uh, damage output that you could really put out. So it's honestly really, really tough to be a tank player right now. Um, and as you know, DPS, DPS wise, like we have literally on our team, we have a far one trick, and she's just like, oh, well, this is great, and I'm like, like she's having fun, she's getting play the game every single, every single game like she gets a pocket mercy she's fine right like that's yeah that's it and like we have literally the only thing that we have issues with is we have literally no hit scans on that team so (laughs) when you have a far one trick and no hit scans uh it gets pretty difficult so yeah she she had a blast having fun and all that and then like i'm out here playing sigma throwing rocks at her face but like I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? Sometimes maybe we have to we have to diva suicide. I have to suicide the mech to kill the fara during uh, rocket barrage, and like, that's been a play that I've made, I've had to make a couple times, and I'm not proud of it, but it you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Um, but with the changes on fara, um, the movement speed is something that fara loves. Like she's going to be more evasive, and allow for more damage. And the barrage going from three to two point five is really not that big um, it's all about just like the amount of burst damage that you could catch somebody out, and you also have a little bit more time to escape like post barrage so yeah, far is still super like interesting here like if you have a good hit scan, yeah you're gonna deal with it but um as a hit scan player, you have to get used to her her weaving now yeah. so that her movement speed has increased so. It's going to take a little bit of adjustment, but that's not too bad. Um, Symmetra's cooldown on our TP, not really a big deal. It's it's cool, but like, yeah, we, we kind of only use it to get into the point and then like maybe do a cheeky reposition. But uh, yeah, it's really not that big of a thing. So we don't have to worry about it. Um, I feel like Zen's This change is going to make DPS Zen come back for
0: sure. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely going to help with the shield break.
1: Yeah, like, not only shield break, but just the uh, amount of damage that you could output. And this is very reminiscent, like, very, very reminiscent of early dive. Like, consider this. If they play Brig, she's only got 150 health. That's, okay, if she gets one hit off of Inspire, she dies in 2.5 seconds to Winston only. Uh, Winston keeping his beam on her for... seconds will kill Brig, um, even through Inspire. So, you have that. If you top that off with the Zenyatta orb, she's dead in, like, a second and a half. Um, So, there's so much more that Old Dive has now that Brig is literally, I wouldn't say literally unplayable, but just, like, very niche. So... Yeah, Dive is gonna be everywhere again. I I know that you're like, oh yeah, well we'll wean off double shield. Well you just enabled season three to come back. So uh yeah, expect more monkey monkey diva potentially. A lot more well, Genji's Genji was untouched, so you know, he's gonna be here. Um Tracer's still untouched, so they're gonna be sticking around. Um We won't see a lot of the Mercy or the Lucio though. I understand that. Like Ana is just more enabling in that case, but at the same time, I see the Mercy just zipping around and helping people here and there. Like, you know, right-click Nano Blade instead of the, the Nano Boost, but uh, yeah, either way, I feel like Zenyatta might get a couple more looks now, but um, I feel like his kit is still a little bit weaker compared to like Baptiste and, uh, and Ana at the moment, but I mean, teams could definitely use them if they're going aggressive, and that is one thing that I'm
0: kind of excited to see. Are you excited for the new Moira changes that are an experimental? Uh, because let's let's, let's go, go over into it. this. This is wonky. All right, so um, Moira's been been touched quite a bit by this uh, new patch. Reaper got a mini one. Reaper's wraith form no longer frees him from Zarya's gravitonic graviton surge or the gravitic flux. So Reaper got a little bit of the uh, the nerf. Um, let me read what the, the patch notes for Moira say. This brand of changes is an iteration on the first Moira experiment we tested in July. With these changes, we've tried to reduce overall power level of the new, the new fate ability, as it was just capable of doing too much in its last form. Now, it cannot cleanse negative effects or easily allow people to escape Sigma or Zarya's ultimates, but is still powerful, a powerful tool to reduce significant incoming damage if it is timed well. As for the damage orb changes, this is a totally new direction to try and accomplish the same goals as before. Change the ability from an easy to use but low impact ability to a more skillful and higher potential impact ability. Landing a damage orb is now much more challenging but the reward is also much higher. This kind of iteration we're constantly doing internally when making changes or designing new heroes. The experimental card gives us an interesting opportunity to show how things evolve and are tested over time. Keep in mind, these are purely experimental changes and are not likely to go live. All right, so the Biotic Graphs, angle reduced uh, by 37% was pretty sure the same as last time. Mm. Uh, The Biotic Orb, the damage orb now sticks to enemies when impacting them instead of piercing through them. It only deals damage if stuck to a target and does a constant 60 DPS to all enemies. Will remain stuck on a player for 3 seconds or until 120 damage Is dealt to that player whichever happens first the orb is destroyed if it hits an enemy barrier it reduces the max number of bounces to one and increases the projectile speed from uh, 20 to 25 fade now phases out all allies within six meters and self for a second after exiting fade and it no longer frees her from the Zarya's uh, gravitic surge or the gravitic flux the cooldown is increased from six to eight seconds this is a lot this is a lot,
1: actually, uh, to take in. Like you um, have to
0: change your entire playstyle with Moira now.
1: So, I do like the the mental that Blizzard's coming in with. They're saying, you know what, Moira was a little bit of an easy hero. You throw ball, it, ball ball bounces around, hits people, they die a little bit. But yeah, I I do understand how this change makes her more skillful. The big one is obviously one bounce. Um, yeah. One bounce, it moves faster, um, and it also latches on to enemies, which is going to be... It requires more skill. It's it's like... Uh, I don't want to say this, but it's like Hanzo's scatter arrow all over again. Uh, the only difference is one is now a dodgeball, and the other one was a scatter arrow. Uh, this <laughs> this one does less damage. I like how it... Okay, the orb is destroyed if it hits an enemy barrier is also a big thing. So Reinhardt players can now just put up the barrier and like block it now. We don't have to worry about you know committing Diva's DM to eat the damage orb. Um, so yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see. 120 damage is not enough to kill, um, but it is a lot of damage. So it's just a matter of if a team can get everything together and make it work. Um, that that is going to be big, especially if it latches onto like a support who can't really help themselves.
0: Fade. What happens if like you're you're throwing it in like a corridor and it bounces once and it doesn't attach to anybody yet, and then it hits another like wall in the corridor? Does it just go poof? I think it poofs because it it says like one bounce. Huh. So okay,
1: like it has to be. It's like playing dodgeball in like a a small room. Like, you can bounce balls off the ceiling, but, like, I guess off the second bounce it just doesn't have enough momentum. So it just, like, fades. So you can do, like, bounce plays and stuff like that, but yeah, this is gonna be interesting in terms of damage orb, for sure. Um, Fade is a different story. Um, this is... This is kinda tough. So, originally moyers used Fade to escape, to leave certain situations with this change um it forces it forces the more player to save fade for more of a save potential um they can use it to i I want to see plays I know there are going to be plays of this being used to to like read Reinhardt shatter like Imagine fading and knowing when you're going to like prevent a Reinhardt chatter from landing because you faded out your entire team at that one second, uh, that the hammer would have went down. Um, I do like how it doesn't free enemies or allies from grav or gravitic because those two shouldn't allow them to do that. Um, and the cooldown from six to eight seems pretty balanced, um. Fade is always one of those abilities where if you see a Moira use it, they're dead meat for six seconds. Um, but if you don't like, especially now now that it has more impact, um, it makes sense for them to raise that number up a little bit.
0: How many more iterations do you think of Moira we're gonna have? Because this this is round two.
1: Um, I mean, I feel like there could be a full rework. Um, it could be, we could get to a point where Blizzard's just like, well, I I don't know what to do with Moira. Let's just, let's just give her a completely different set and full cement it. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like that, that should happen with Echo, but like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're, we keep going off of that all day, but honestly, like when it comes to Moira, I feel like this will be okay if we get a little bit more time to test it. Obviously we have, you know, experimental card, we can try it out but it's kind of weird not gonna lie um this okay looking at this there's one thing that i wanted to point out specifically the way how people played boira um during death ball right is that you would play close to your team you would use your spray to heal your team uh ball to keep everybody alive and fade to escape right this like feels like it should be that kind of style of death ball, Moira. But at the same time, the fade, the new change to the fade gives me Mercy, you know, version 1.0 vibes. Um, in the case where it's like, maybe Moira plays further back to support her team healing-wise from the back. But if she gets caught out by like a hack, or if she gets caught out and like dies first... Um, the fade option to save your team is now not available. So it, it's like five man res back in the day. Like you yeah. would play hide and seek and wait for that opportunity. Uh, but now that you have five man save, technically, um, you have to play it kind of there, but like have the ability to get in and save your team if they need it. Um, I feel like Fade is gonna be really good. Um, let's just say if Reinhardt's shield breaks and a Diva Bomb goes up, like Fade is gonna be timed perfectly to to stop that Diva Bomb. Like it, that's just gonna be the way how it goes. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how this plays out in the experimental card. I feel like it's gonna make Moira players play in a kind of weird limbo where you have to be close enough to the team to heal and help but at the same time be far away enough where you won't get picked first right um or hacked up so it's I know it's a weird mental state but it might be doable and reaper's race form thing is just like oh yeah same thing with faith it's fine um just they shouldn't be able to leave graviton if you get caught by
0: grav you shouldn't be able to leave i mean that defeats the whole point of the grav yeah. All right, anything else for news wise that we got? Um today is Tuesday as of recording,
1: week 3. Um yeah, if you guys want to get your your ice cream ice cream uh Sunday Arissa, go and do that. Um this is the last week of the summer event, so uh Matt, Matt is for sure happy, no more Lucio ball. No more Lucio ball. Uh, now we get to, uh, try to get as many summer skins as we can before we go into hibernation and wake up in October, um, or close to October or, oh, wait, hold on. Wait, we have two weeks. Okay. We get the league finals. We'll get whatever they do for that. Then we'll have a month off where we'll have no overwatch until like the, the Halloween event. And then hopefully they'll tell us something about Overwatch 2 when it comes to BlizzCon early November. So that's the that's the hopeful schedule. But uh, yeah, just make sure that you get your summer stuff This is last week go out, play games, get your nine wins, get your ice cream sundae, uh, and yeah, get whatever skins you need.
0: Alright guys, we will check in with you with more news next week. Check in with us for the gameplay section coming up well we're recording it next but whenever you listen to it Um, yeah it was was a pretty big week so uh, tune in thanks guys and we'll see you soon
1: next week we have more coverage of the Overwatch League and any news that comes
0: our way thanks for listening to this week's episode If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe and O-W-L. Questions or comments, please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.